Good morning. Savoring this opportunity that we all have. Encouraging ourselves not to be in a hurry. Doesn't work being in a hurry. Because ultimately we're not trying to get somewhere else. One of the wonderful, mysterious paradoxes of this Dharma. Is that the wonder is luminous. Forever treasure trove of suchness is always here and now, always inviting, only obscured because we conjure up, because we manufacture what's called sankara manufacture somebody going somewhere so that we overlook what the Buddha sometimes call the original brightness or the fundamental understanding, the true nature, the amata dhamma, the undying, deathless nature. These are some different words, phrases the Buddha used about this Reality. So actually being in a hurry, the idea that we're, it's not here and we have to get there, helps perpetuate the delusion that there's something deeply lacking here and that we've got to get on to not talking about vigor that can be vigor that is really here and now. No, there is a talking about a path. It's not that we're going somewhere else. We're learning how to be more truly and fully here. Now. So we want to start 
traditionally giving attention to fundamental principles. Oftentimes the Buddha referred to this uh, pathway, this, this activity that then revealed, gradually revealed the ever-present luminosity of the heart. Often talked about it in terms of uh, dana sila bhavana, dana, generosity, Paramita, that virtue that carries us across the sea of suffering, carries us, carries us across the tendency to fabricate, create patternings that obstruct us from recognizing what is always true. One of the great, maybe the most fundamental obstruction to this revelation of our true nature is this tendency to appropriate, to possess, to grab onto what's me, what's mine, my body, my health, my position, my possessions, my friends my enemies, which we create over there. And that uh, generosity is, is, a, is a relinquishment, an offering that offsets that uh, holding on to. So we'd like to start... Uh, this morning in a way that the Buddha talked about the five great gifts. The wonderful gift that we give when we undertake a training of restraint, of harmlessness. Quoting from the Buddha, from Guttara Nikaya, in the section on eights, the Buddha was talking to his monastic community. There are, O monks, eight streams of merit. This is my commentary here, merit. The English translation is from the Pali, punya, P-U-N-N-A, punya. It's talking about that sort of activity that, that has auspicious results. So in the course of this uh, teaching, the Buddha also, in a sense, defines this word, 
merit is, is, has some unfortunate connotations of just racking up gold stars, but it's a word that's talking about auspicious karma that leads to wished-for results. So back to the Buddha's quote, there are, O monks, eight streams of this punya or merit, streams of the wholesome, nourishments of happiness that are heavenly, ripening in happiness, conducive to heaven that lead to whatever is wished for, loved, and agreeable to one's welfare and happiness. What are the eight? The Buddha is talking about eight streams that lead to what is really wished for and agreeable. Here, monks and noble disciple has gone for refuge to the Buddha. This is the first stream of merit, stream of the wholesome nourishment of happiness that is heavenly ripening in happiness conducive to heaven that leads to whatever is wished for, loved, agreeable to one's welfare and happiness. First stream. Further, a noble disciple has gone for refuge to the Dhamma. That's the second stream. Further, a noble disciple has gone for refuge to the Sangha. It's the third stream of merit. In the monk, the Buddha goes on, there are further monks, these five gifts, pristine, of long standing, traditional, ancient, unadulterated, never before adulterated, not despised by wise ascetics and Brahmins. What are these five gifts? Here, monks, a noble disciple gives up the destruction of life and abstains from it. By abstaining from the destruction of life, the noble disciple gives to immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. By giving to immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression, they themselves will enjoy immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. This is the first of those great gifts and the fourth stream of merit. This restraint by the practice to not harm. What we call the first precept. That might just look like a negative thing. This is me commenting on on the Buddha's teaching about that fourth stream of merit, that first great gift. Yes, it's restraint when we don't act on the impulse to harm. But how interesting that through that restraint we're making a gift. 
all the countless innumerable beings around us can breathe more easily, more trustingly. So as the Buddha worded it, when we do this activity of restraint, undertaking the training not to harm, we give immeasurable beings, countless beings, near and far, freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. And that the karmic result of that, this is more to the essence of punya, or that kind of activity that gives rise to what is agreeable. Can we learn to trust that by even just here in a forest, what seems like a remote forest from all the hubbub of the world, just by practicing, not harming, we're offering immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression, and that gradually in time we will experience ourselves immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. And the Buddha goes on to say, Further monks, a noble disciple gives up the taking of what is not given, abstains from it. And by abstaining from taking what is not given, the noble disciple gives to immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. By doing that, they themselves will enjoy immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. This is the second of those great gifts. The fourth, the fifth stream of merit, of that which leads to what is agreeable. So each of these five uh, precepts is one of the great gifts. The third precept, that training to abstain from sexual misconduct, that kind of conduct that's exploitative, that takes advantage, that harms oneself or another. For example, forcing someone or oppressing someone, exploiting someone, overpowering someone. This is what is in the third precept. Further, noble disciple gives up false speech, abstains from it. The fourth great gift, the seventh stream of merit. And further, monks and noble disciple gives up uh, wines, liquors, intoxicants, the basis for negligence, and abstains from them. And again, this activity of abstaining, what might look like a negative, as we're learning to oversee with mindfulness, heartfulness, bodyfulness, oversee the patternings, the impulses, 
we're illuminating them with our practice of presence. Taking refuge in the Buddha means that which is listening and aware. The Dharma, aware of what? The nature of what is arising, ceasing, passing, remaining. We can so quickly be want to get past the basic stuff and get to the depths of uh, samadhi, absorption, cessation, nibbana. But wanting to take some time to remember these fundamental principles. There's certainly our teacher, Lumpa Chav, the Thai forest tradition. Really underlined again and again this foundation of the path in virtue, overseeing our actions of body and speech, mindful of our intention. And in this teaching of the Buddha, even just that on our first day of this month together. Not to overlook the profound significance of even just taking refuge. Not being in a hurry, but in any moment letting the centrality, the namo, the the relinquishment to pause and remember, realign with this fundamental basis of knowingness, awareness. What in Thai, Lumpa Cha used to call the Puru, the one that knows, the knowing. Knowing how it is now as we're sitting, or standing, or walking, or lying down, we're doing our preparation, training for our yogi job. Awareness of Buddha Dhamma, awareness of the way things are, the Dhamma, the sensations, the perceptions the feeling tones, the moods, knowing the way things are, Buddha Dhamma. Trusting this nature of things that we can, it's a refuge 
it's a true source of inspiration to remember the classical awakened one. The teacher that gave rise to these wonderful teachings that we contemplate in the Buddha Dhamma. The blessed one, far from defilement, the worthy one, fully awakened by his own efforts, endowed with wisdom and compassion, knower of the world, incomparable trainer of those beings who are able to be trained, great teacher. Abiding with ease, gone well, sukkato, all these qualities of the Buddha. Externally, the external historical Buddha who reminded us that we have within us this nature, that the timeless Buddha is right within our own heart. The historical Buddha that we see arises and ceases that Buddha reminds us that we meet the awakened one in our own heart. And that this nature of things, as we contemplate the nature of what arises and ceases in this mind, we gradually can recognize that which is always here, this fundamental understanding this fundamental nature, which could be called the Amata Dhamma, the undying Dhamma, which is right here. That we can truly rest in the true nature. Trustworthy to align with Buddha Dhamma. And Sangha, A true source of inspiration is those beings of integrity. There are beings, living, breathing beings in the world who are wise, compassionate. That when we listen to, associate with wise beings, that has a good impact that allows us then to return to our own sanity and to recognize in our sangha here at at this uh, forest refuge, we have good fortune to be able to be in practice together with other beings like ourselves who are committed to a possibility of living this life skillfully. We all share, or we wouldn't be here, some sort of trust. that waking up is possible. Some sort of trust that within our nature, right inherent in our nature, there is that which is pure, luminous, wise, compassionate.
so that even just in a moment of uh, returning to the one that knows in this moment, knowing the way things are in this moment, aligning with sangha, the support of being with virtuous people. And essentially, the timeless sangha means that capacity we have in any moment to befriend what is skillful. Even if there's no external sangha around, the internal timeless sangha is our capacity to befriend. That's what we call practice, befriending the skillful. We can always take refuge in sangha when we return to the refuge, to skillful effort. And beginning this retreat, remembering even one moment of uh, harmlessness. One moment, standing, sitting, whatever we're doing, of just realizing we don't have to take anything. We can appreciate what is given, the next breath, this sensation, this moment, this capacity to be aware that in giving up, not grasping, but just savoring what is offered, in a moment of harmlessness, a moment of not exploiting anyone else, a lot of noble silence here, in a moment of just caring for the power of speech. When we do need to speak, trying to see if we can speak what is true, what seems to be true in this moment. Treasuring our instrument of awakening consciousness and giving up having to have an external prop like intoxication. In these sorts of restraints, just remembering what the Buddha said, that we are making a great gift. This little body here then is linked to immeasurable beings And with so much horror, so much harm, so much oppression in the world, in here our little remote forest, just to make these great gifts, to me is is wonderful. Let's do this consciously. Some of you might be keeping the eight precepts, uh, the additional precepts. That's wonderful if you wish to do that. Some might be not eating afternoon, giving up uh, dancing, singing, shows, adornments, high and luxurious beds. I don't think we, any of us have that here. But the, ba- the basic restraint is captured in the five. And in this classic text that I read, just remembering that these just five gestures of uh, abstaining have a wonderful offering to countless beings. And these moments are of going for refuge to the Buddha Dhamma Sangha align us with these great streams of blessing.
and that together the five precepts and the three refuges When we do that consciously, we are flowing with a great stream of that which leads to what is truly wished for and agreeable. So on page three of our uh, chanting sheet at the top of the page, there's a called Refuges and Precepts. Let's just, in a classical way, we'll, we'll use the melody from the Sri Lankan way of chanting the precepts. And so under Refuges and Precepts on page 3, there's the, the one of the earliest ways of honoring the Buddha, Namotasa. Do you all have enough light back there or do you need more? There's enough light, Okay. If there isn't someone, whoever knows how to do the lights, I don't know how to do the ones back there. Or there's some from the cupboard, but let's just see. Oh, maybe I can do the back. Oh, yeah, I I think that there's one in the cupboard that does the back. Yeah. Yes, that's it, okay. So... um, I'll chant a line of the, the Pali, Namotasa. This is the, one of the earliest ways of honoring the Buddha. And um, I'll chant the line, and then uh, if you wish to join in, you can uh, chant it back, and, and Tanisara will chant with you so that you can get a feeling of uh, echoing. It's a call and response, echoing the line. Then I'll chant again the Namotasa, and then you chant it back. So we'll do that three times. And then the refuge, Bhutang Sarananga Chami, and we'll echo it back. Then for the precepts, I'll chant a line in Pali. One can echo the line back. And then just in English together, so that we really get a feeling for consciously doing this. The five great gifts will together recite, I undertake the training to refrain from intentionally taking life. We'll do that. And then at the end of the precepts, just together to chant Om, this honoring of the totality, and just Shanti, just a Sanskrit word for peace. In Pali, the word is Santi, but we'll just chant the more familiar Shanti. Do that together. Really sense how this commitment to these refuges and precepts is making an offering above, below, and all around. To offer immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. Namo <coughs> 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 
भगवत अर्हत समुत नमो भगवत अर्हत समुत नमो भगवत अर्हत समुत नमो भगवत अर्हत भूता शरण गच्छामि 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 I undertake the training to refrain from intentionally taking life. अदिन्नादन्नावेरमनी सिकापतंग 
I undertake the training to refrain from taking that which is not given. Kame sumicha chala veramani sikapatang samadhyami. Kame sumicha chala veramani sikapatang samadhyami. I undertake the training to refrain from misuse of sexuality in the senses. Musavada Vedamani Sikapatang Samadhyami Musavada Vedamani Sikapatang Samadhyami I undertake the training to refrain from speech that is false, divisive, harsh, and meaningless. Sula Mera Yamachapamadatana Veramani Sikapatang Samadhyami Sula Mera Yamachapamadatana Veramani Sikapatang Samadhyami I undertake the training to refrain from intoxication which leads to carelessness.
Also, I wanted to say a few words about the bowing practice in the morning that we'll be offering at 5.30. At the bottom of the refuges page, you'll see halfway down the word mantras. And the second mantra is namo, and then in parentheses is dabe, Kwanjiri and Pusa. Dabe is, uh, means greatly compassionate, but in the particular mantra for our bowing practice, we don't say Dabe, we say the classical Namo, Kwanjiri and Pusa. In the course of the retreat, We'll say more about Guanyin Bodhisattva, the greatly compassionate awakened one committed to the awakening of all beings. That's what a Bodhisattva is. Bodhi means awake, Sattva means being. An awakened being dedicated to full awakening and to all beings waking up. The great Bodhisattva intention. Our fundamental teacher, Sakyamuni Buddha, Sakyamuni Buddha was a bodhisattva who practiced for countless amounts of time, deepening his awakening, deepening his abiding and clarity, wisdom and compassion for the sake of accessing the treasures of heart that are inherent in our nature that can help awaken all beings. Namo is one of the most important words in uh, Pali, in Sanskrit and in Pali, in the Buddhist teachings. Namo is a beautiful word. It means I honor. But it, our Chinese teacher translated it, our Chinese master, Master Xinhua, translated it as I return my life. Such a beautiful translation and profound one. Because as we go on in this, and this relates to what I began with this morning, this notion of this ever-present true nature that's at the core of our being that we overlook when we're grasping and rejecting, this namo, this notion of returning our life, this relinquishment of all this creation, for the sake of sensing that which is fundamentally true, timelessly, here and now, namo, this return. So the bowing is a classical and very important across the religious traditions as a way of finding our body, finding our mind, thinking mind, finding our heart of awareness, bringing them together, In the bow, one brings one's right hand, touching the left hand, which is a gesture of honoring outwardly, but honoring inwardly. It's a universal gesture of honoring, of respect, of deep listening. Honoring the divine, outward and inward. And in a bow, and and just if uh, one can just check how your body is, if you're doing this practice, 
Your body might not allow you to do a full bow. Maybe one can just bring one's hands together or even just nod. Even that is the essence of the bow, this honoring, this returning our life to that deep fundamental principle of what? Of inner listening. Guan Yin means the one who listens to the sounds of the world. From the Sanskrit Avalokiteshvara, Avalokita means to regard or listen. Svara is the world, of, is the sounds. Kuan Shuryin Pusa means Kuan Shuryin. Yin means sound. Kuan means to listen, sure of the world. It's another way of talking about this deep ground of listening, of knowing. The deep refuge, deep buddhic refuge. Returning our life to that. And if one actually does the bow, one can actually touch one's head on the ground, taking this head with all its thinking about me, mine, here, there, touching it onto this ground where all forms merge. And symbolically, when we honor and bow, we're touching into that deep ground of being, ground of listening, of knowing, of awareness. The form of this, it's a long high notes and low notes. We've, we've created a, we made a CD of the ancient Chinese monastic chant that we'll, we'll play while we're doing it so that we can not struggle to keep the melody. And basically it will start with Namo Quan Chin Pusa, it goes slowly, we'll be all standing together. Um, as we chanted through one time. And then my side of the room, just a half of the room on my side, will bow first, while Tanisha's side of the room uh, just uh, holds the mantra. And then when the nam... It's a very... I don't know if I can do it without the... That's one time. side of the room is bowing, the other side of the room is holding the mantra. When Tanissa rings the bell, the side of the room that's bowing will just stay until that, stay in the bow until that round of the mantra is finished. Then when that uh, side gets up from the bow, we all standing will finish by chanting a round of the mantra together. It's slow, it's uh, not hurried, it's Continually, namo, returning. 
And this is a very deep, this learning to relinquish <coughs> what the Buddha in Pali called patinisaga, when we, when we give back to nature what belongs to Mother Nature, then we're abiding in the timeless, true condition. The undying heart, the peaceful heart, the wise and compassionate heart. So it's a beautiful way to start the day and we'll start that tomorrow morning at uh, 5.30. We'll do that bowing for 15 minutes then have a short sitting and then some recitation uh, that will help support our retreat. Thank you for being here. We're quite thrilled to have this opportunity to practice together with you and make great gifts to ourselves and to each other. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.